Life Audio. Hey, friend, is your seatbelt on? <laughs> this is Heather Creekmore. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to Show today. Oh, today we're going someplace kind of tough, kind of tricky. In fact, it's so tricky, I've hesitated doing an episode like this. But it's time. Today, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Because the reality is, my friend, to see our body image issues as anything less than spiritual warfare is to completely miss the point. Now, I am talking about this in my brand new course and coaching program, the Body Image Freedom Framework. So I hope you'll go check that out. There is still time to be part of our fall coaching group. In fact, it opens in just, I don't know, a couple days, depending on when you're listening to this. So go and check that out at improvebodyimage.com. I would love for you to be part of that first group, or you can do it on your own, or you can do it, you know, individually with me. Any option that works for you is a good option for you to get on the road to freedom. But one of the things I'm going to talk about in the course and where we're going to go today, just kind of briefly, is this topic of spiritual warfare. Friends, our body image issues are not about our bodies, right? Scripture tells us we don't wrestle flesh and blood, and we think that's about other people. But I think when it comes to our body image issues, we're also not wrestling flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle, and that's what we're going to dig into today. I'm glad you're here for it. Can I ask something of you? If this speaks to you, if this touches you, if this resonates with you, will you first consider leaving a review? Uh, because those are super helpful. They help other people find the show. They help Apple and Spotify decide how they want to rate the show, how many people they want to show the show to. So that would be super helpful. If you've already done that, thank you so much. Hey, would you consider sharing this with a friend? Maybe. In fact, I always love to just ask of this of you. Find a friend you can talk to about this content. Oh my goodness, when we have conversations around it, we internalize it so much more. We learn so much more for ourselves and we invite someone else into our learning with us. It helps accountability. It helps bring you closer to friends when you're having this deep of conversation. Uh, so many good things. So consider sharing this with a friend too. Okay. That's enough of me. I am putting my seatbelt on. <laughs> we are going to dig into the hard stuff of body image issues as spiritual warfare. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Well, hey there, friend. I'm glad you're here today. And I actually just want to start off by asking for your forgiveness. I want to apologize for not doing this episode sooner because I I think that this is probably one of the most important things you need to know if you have body image issues. And I have been negligent 
in talking to you about it, mostly because it's really messy. It's a little scary too, right? We're going to talk about like demons and stuff like that today. And most of us would rather just live kind of pretending like that doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, But we can't, my friends. There's so much going on that we don't see. And and really, if we're going to be believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we have to understand this whole concept of the spiritual world in addition to the physical world and, and what that means for us and for our battles. So a little context, this is something that I've been digging into more personally. I actually attended a training this summer to kind of get a little bit more help around what I could do if I have a coaching client who really does feel like this is some sort of demonic oppression. And I'm going to get into this more explaining the difference between oppression and possession and all those things a little a little bit later, but I started to learn about it and figure out like, okay, what, what does scripture say? And what is really going on here? And how do we deal with this? And so I've been dabbling. That's, that doesn't sound like the right word, but I've been dabbling a bit in, in all of this. And I really felt like it's time to blow the enemy's cover. Okay, that's how I'm viewing this. Uh, It is time for him to be exposed. It is time for God's women to stop believing that this body image issue thing they're struggling with, this food issue thing they're struggling with that's related to body image, that this is a physical battle, that this is something about their body or the way they were made or how other people have treated them because their body, all those things. No, 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 friends. This is a spirit spiritual battle. We are at war. And it's time we started living that way. So let me just give you a little background. So we're all on the same page. I know this isn't something that a lot of churches teach on. Maybe yours does, but it can be really confusing. So I just want to make sure that we've got the facts. Okay. So God created the world and everything in it. Okay. Hopefully we're all in agreement on that. Uh, and this means he also included in his creation, the angels and angels are spiritual beings. They've got unique characteristics and jobs. I think the Greek word for angel is like messenger. So angels are messengers, they're ministers. Their job is to worship God and to minister to God's people. And so we see angels show up throughout scripture, right? And that's what they do. They, you know, the, the angel that came to Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had, he had a message for her and, you know, angels came to, um, minister to like Elijah. Um, so we see angels working throughout scripture and the book of Ezekiel describes an angel. That's maybe a little different than all the rest. Now, one of the most interesting things to me is how Ezekiel describes this angel as the most beautiful of all the angels. In fact, Ezekiel says that he was full of wisdom and he was perfect in beauty. But this angel named Lucifer became lifted up is what Ezekiel 28, 16 and 17 tells us. He became lifted up because of his beauty. In other words, he became kind of full of himself. He was so beautiful. He thought he was so great that he actually decided to take on God. Now, 
I think this is just kind of a fascinating aside for those of us with body image issues, right? Because a lot of us want more beauty. Like, oh, if I could just have a little more beauty. Like, oh, just to be so beautiful. Like, what would that be like, right? But here is actually the story of like the whole fall of the world (laughs) is because someone was too beautiful, Like, I don't know. To me, that's ironic. But I I digress. Let me continue. So Lucifer, his beauty is not recognized as a gift. Instead, it fills him with pride and he starts a rebellion against God. And he brings some angels with him. And so Revelation 12, 7 through 10, tells us about this war in heaven that happened before Adam and Eve were put on the earth. And we know that the archangel Michael was kind of chief of God's side, right? The general in charge of God's side. And then on Lucifer's side, there were other angels fighting with and for Lucifer. While the archangel Michael won, and Revelation 12 again says the dragon, that's what Satan, which is his new name, Lucifer was his angel name, and then he becomes Satan. Revelation refers to him as a dragon. He was hurled down to the earth where he becomes prince of the earth. So in other words, they fought it out in heaven. The good side won. But the devil comes to planet Earth to rule and reign here because God is ruling and reigning in heaven and he has no place there anymore. Now, this I had never noticed before, but Revelation 12 tells us that Satan, again, the dragon, swept one third of the stars of heaven down to Earth with him. And so most theologians believe that this one third of the stars is actually referring to, it's a kind of a figurative way to say one third of the angels. So Satan had one third of the angels kind of go to his team, team Satan. And these then have become dark angels or demons. Now, no one wants to talk about demons, right? But let's just pause and acknowledge that demons then have been around since this battle in heaven before Adam and Eve. And then what Satan did was when Adam and Eve were created, he was here and he kind of won a battle here by getting Adam and Eve to disobey God. And he kind of was able to continue his rebellion, right? Because now he has man on his side in rebellion against God. So because Satan can't win his war in heaven, he is trying to win his war on the earth. And that started at the fall and it continues today. Now, a lot of us are really comfortable with the concept of angels. In fact, I think there's a Gallup poll that shows like seven out of 10 Americans. That's not even like screening for believers. Seven out of 10 Americans believe that there are angels. We pray that we have a guardian angel or we ask God to put his angels around us to keep us safe. But to not acknowledge that the demons or dark angels are also here on this planet with us is really not biblical. In fact, like throughout scripture, We can also see Satan and his demons at work, and we're also admonished clearly as to how we should deal with them. And I'm going to tell you more about that right after this break. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So part of the reason this topic is coming up for me now is because there's a woman named Caroline Duner who wrote a book called the, and I'm going to just be polite here, the F it diet. Yes, you did hear me say the word F as in Frank. That is not what it stands for, but it is the F it diet. And what's fascinating you all is that she is or has become a Christian And she is someone who was just deep into a lot of different spiritual kind of things. And part of what led her on a spiritual quest was being around lots of spiritual people. And and by spiritual, I mean kind of more new agey kind of people, right? But being in these new age uh, kind of circles, where there was a lot of spiritual talk, but hearing people share their stories of really being attacked by demons in the night and having kind of physical encounters with demonic forces. And she shares how in some of the circles she was in, people were talking about how just saying the name of Jesus always stops the attack. And she was kind of curious about that. Because she was like, this is strange. Like, why why would that name have power against this kind of thing? And, you know, these people aren't Jesus followers. They don't believe in Jesus. And yet, when they're in these kind of strange, like, nighttime wrestling matches with a demon, if they say the name of Jesus, it stops. And that led her on this whole journey. You can actually um, go find her on Instagram or Google. Um, she has most of her stuff on a sub stack, but I kind of got like just lost <laughs> in the rabbit hole of reading her stuff on Instagram. It's really fascinating. I mean, her book was kind of her anti-diet manifesto where she was kind of learning about like how you know dieting had led her astray. But to me, it's just super cool that that God has taken her on this like just huge, like just 180 degree turn from someone who was like, you know, totally not following God and not interested in the things of God to someone who cannot deny that God is real. And part of how she's figured that out is really through spiritual encounters or hearing of other spiritual encounters. So I share that because 
there are a lot of people in our culture that do consider themselves to be spiritual, right? But they're not all Christians. So we always have to be very careful about that. And, and I'm sure you, you know that, right? Not everyone that says they're spiritual, especially in this culture, is a follower of Christ. But I think it's fascinating. I heard this said recently, like, we are both a physical being, a body, and we are also a soul, which is our spiritual being. And my pastor asked a group of parents, you know, how long will your children live? And everyone was like, well, how am I supposed to answer that? Like, I have no idea. And he's like, the answer is your children will live forever because they are spiritual beings as well as physical beings. So there is a part of us that will always be here, that will always live. There is a spiritual part of us. And the spiritual part of us was created to connect with God in spiritual things. And then there's a physical part of us that was created for this world to be able to live in and engage in this physical world. So again, friend, to not acknowledge that there is this whole spiritual unseen world and, and to keep our focus just on the physical is really to miss out on a whole lot, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, I don't know that the breakdown is 50-50 of what's physical, and what's spiritual. I don't, I don't actually think that that's it. But if we are ignoring this whole spiritual world that we are in, whoo, friends, we're missing it. We are living blind. And scripture tells us to see it, right? There's lots of verses uh, throughout scripture about this spiritual war we're in. I'm just going to read for you 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. Um, just for, for one example, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now you've probably heard that verse before, maybe even on this show. You probably heard the whole take the thoughts captive thing, you know, destroying the arguments, you know, all those things. But let's dig in there a little bit more, right? Because the first part of that passage is pretty clear, right? That we're not waging war according to the flesh. And so let's bring this really specific to your body image issues. Okay, thing one, how many of you felt like you were waging war according to the flesh? Okay, my hand is up, right? I see the scale and I'm waging war according to the flesh. Like, oh, did I eat too much? Oh, did I eat the wrong things? Oh, did I eat at the wrong time? Oh, did I not exercise enough, right? It's flesh, 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 flesh. And then what do I do? Well, I spend the rest of the day thinking about how to wage the war in my flesh, right? And and there's a whole lot more to it going on than that, right? Because really my needs are not fleshly needs. Okay, I do have a fleshly need for food, right? I, I do need to eat. Um, but, but my need below that need is really a need for love and acceptance. You know, I, I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want to feel valuable. I want to know that I have purpose, that I belong, right? And all of those things are the motivators for this war that I battle with my flesh. But guess what? It's not a fleshly 
war. It's a spiritual war. Those questions are not questions that can be answered in the flesh. Because let's just be honest, friend, even if you do get the body, that doesn't mean you're always going to be seen and accepted. Even if you do lose the weight, that doesn't mean you're always going to be loved. And, and when I say that, I mean in the flesh, right? Men can still reject you. Men reject perfect looking women, according to culture standard, all the time, right? That's why Hollywood has the divorce rate it has. We cannot win this war in the flesh. There is nothing you can do to your body. No way to improve your body, lose the weight, shape it up, firm it up, surgery it up. There's nothing you can do to your body that will guarantee you the security, the love, the acceptance that you crave outside your physical body, really in your soul. But here's a big but. Jesus has already answered those questions of your soul. Jesus has already said, through him, you are accepted. Through him, you have great purpose. You are here as his ambassador for his kingdom, able to walk in his love and light, knowing that you have no reason to fear because you have a hope and a future and God has good plans for your life. And oh, guess what? Even if they're suffering here, you're going to heaven someday and it's all yours. You have an inheritance that is amazing. That is the truth in the spiritual world. But what happens, okay, we forget we're not fighting a fleshly battle. And we start to listen to these messages. And I'm going to go back to that second Corinthians 10 passage, these arguments, these lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. These are the whispers of the demonic. And we listen to them. We listen to the whispers of the demonic saying things like, oh man, you look really bad today. Whew, you're never going to get a boyfriend if you keep looking like that. You better do something to change your body. Or yeah, your husband, he puts up with you, but he doesn't really love you because ugh, look at how your body has changed. Ugh, you are not at all what he married. You've changed so much. I don't even know how he, he can stand to be with you. Or, boy, you just suck at following a plan. Where's your discipline? You are not a good Christian because you can't even diet well. I mean, where, where is your self-control? And we've talked about that last one before on this show, right? The demonic, these dark forces twist the truth, sometimes even twist God's truth. And they tell us lies, lie after lie after lie. And we have to fight the lies. We have to stop agreeing with demons. Okay, like that's a pretty weird way to say it. I understand. But I want to be a little dramatic. Because I want I want this to be really clear to you that when we hear these voices and have these kind of conversations in our head 
I want you to know that that's not just you, that these thoughts are often planted by this group of dark angels. Now, let me just be clear, like just so everyone is on the same page theologically. Okay, so Satan and his demons do not have the attributes of God. Okay, so they are not omnipresent. They cannot be everywhere at once. They are not omniscient. They are not, aren't all knowing, right? So they can't read your mind, though they can plant thoughts. They can't read your mind. Um, and they also, you know, they've, they've been good at this, right? They've been doing this for thousands of years. So they have studied people. And a lot of times they just do the same trick over and over and over again. Um, there's not a lot of creativity. You know, one of the things when I wrote uh, Compared to Who way back when was I talked about how one of the very first lies I heard was that my legs were too big. And I think it was in elementary school when I heard that lie. And I have had, I don't know, maybe a hundred of you message me over the years saying, yep, that was my first lie too. It was my legs were too big. My legs were too big. And so the enemy doesn't have to be super creative. He knows kind of the type <laughs> of, oh, in this household, Watching the actions in this household, this lie will work perfectly. I don't know if you've ever read the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, but I think this is another just like a really great way. If you've not read it, check it out. It's a great way to understand kind of how the demonic works. Now, in Screw Tape Letters, it's like the demon advisor uncle writing to like the new recruit demon nephew, where he's kind of like giving him help and guidance as to how to, what does Satan want to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Like how to mess up this new Christian's life. And he gives him all these suggestions. It's a little bit of a confusing book to read because whenever C.S. Lewis talks about the enemy in Screwtape Letters, he's actually talking about God, not about Satan. But it's a very, I mean, it's, you know, it's fiction, but it is a very helpful way to think about this reality that there are demons in this world. They are able to observe what you do. They've got lots of experience and they are able to feed you these lies. And then let's just be honest from those lies, we take action, don't we? I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but how many times have you been and just like I don't know, let's just say like a nice situation if you're married with your husband or maybe, you know, just like you're having a great time with friends or you're just doing something that you really enjoy and it's just a peaceful, like just a, a nice time. And then all of a sudden you have a thought and that thought disrupts everything. Maybe it causes an argument between you and your husband or it causes a big blow up with your friends. It just like steals the peace right out of the situation, like just in an instant. Where did that thought come from? Did it come from you? Did you just come up with that thought to just steal the peace and <laughs> destroy the idyllic situation you were in? No, my friend I was planted there. It's planted there. So let's go back to that passage again. Second Corinthians 10, three to five. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
okay, my friend, I've got a lot more I want to say about spiritual warfare. I don't want to leave you hanging though. So here's what I want you to do today. For today, before we come back next time, I want you to get out your Bible, okay? I'm serious about this. I want you to read Ezekiel. I want you to read Ezekiel 28, 16 and 17. Read about Lucifer and his beauty. I want you to read Revelation 12, 7 to 10. Read about the war in heaven. I don't know. I venture to say a lot of us haven't read Revelation because it's kind of hard to read, okay? Read that. See it for yourself. You can also read Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, where it talks about what's going to happen <laughs> to Satan. Uh, it's a, a prophetic book, the book of Isaiah. But read these things. And then go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. And write down your thoughts, right? Have, have you thought about the reality that there are demons? Does it scare you to think about it? Like, I get it. It's okay. There's no shame or blame. <laughs> like, it is kind of scary. But the good news is, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode, we have authority, right? They don't win in the end, and they don't have to win now. And so if there is an increased amount of demonic oppression, remember, we cannot be possessed, only oppressed. If there's demonic oppression around you, connected to these issues you're having with your body or food, there is a way to freedom from them. Okay, so we're going to talk about that more next time. I hope you'll come back. Until then, read your Bible, get into the Word, know what it says about this stuff, because the Word is the truth, right? It's not what we've heard places. God's word is the truth. So dig into that. I thank you for listening today. And I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compare Do Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Network of Christian Podcasts. Oh, if you're looking for great Christian podcast content, this is the place to find it. Go to lifeaudio.com. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God and aren't we all praying the big prayer? Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. 
My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.